0: and done here at Rick Bonfam Ministries. We're in Acts chapter 4. Go ahead and turn your Bibles. We're walking through the book of Acts, and we get to Acts chapter 4, where we get uh, sort of another uh, ripple, another layer of the ripple effect of the healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful as John and Peter were about to go in the temple. They see the man that's been there probably their whole lives, They probably saw him many times because there were many beggars there, healing. And then the ripples begin. So the healing of the man is like the the pebble that that gets dropped into the middle of the pond. And then the first ripple is is the sermon there to the end of chapter 3 where Peter preaches. And then uh, 5,000 men, which is uh, verse 4, of chapter four, five thousand people were uh, saved in that moment. And then, uh, but the, the the meat of chapter four, as we get into chapter four, is the the next layer of the ripple, which is uh, the leadership. So Peter has an opportunity to to speak the word to the community that's wondering how in the world this happened. And so he does, and then there was a response there of the five thousand and then the next layer in the ripple effect is is the leadership, so you have the man healed, then you have the uh the community, and now you have the leadership the the spiritual leadership of the day, and then that's the next layer of the ripple effect, and that's how it happens that's how it you know uh a guy like Sean Fouch, who is going to lead worship, uh, outdoor worship all across the country, is not really going to uh, get get much of a response unless the masses begin to respond. See, when when God does something that that creates a response in the masses, then the leadership leaves you alone, really. But you, but but Sean Fouch has had. Has had, uh, local governments close parks on him the day before he was going to hold a rally. So then he would just have to go to the streets and call it a worship protest. So it would be legal. And you do it in the streets. And then he's had, uh, he's had death threats. Uh, in Atlanta, uh, you know, they closed the, the Piedmont Park on him. And then somebody across the street who has a giant warehouse said, we're open. Come on over. He came and he, he did it. That's been happening to him, over and over and over again. Up in I, I, I don't I think it was in Pennsylvania, somewhere in Pennsylvania. They they wanted to charge him, or it could have been DC. I can't remember. They wanted to charge him an extra like thirty thousand dollars for something that and, you know, and it, and it was it was a a the, the government was trying to stop him. And, you know, they were trying to create instead of just closing the park they try to make it financially impossible for him to come and do you know his 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 worship rally well god god paid the bill and he held the rally whatever it was that they came up with god paid the bill he held the rally so the government responded because the masses began to respond right so the masses responded now and so now here we have a verse 1 they spoke to the people the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, right? So all the leadership sees the masses responding to Peter and the other apostles there, and so then they say, whoa, 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 whoa. we've got to get involved now, because now it's getting too big, okay? And so being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So you see the resurrection coming being pushed into the forefront of view here and that being a point of contention which was already a major point of contention in the leadership of that day uh is there a resurrection of, or or not and we're not going to get into that cuz you see that was a that was a theological argument that you know they they were trying to argue that within themselves but see that's not a theological argument with God so I'm really not going to spend much time on that. It it it's not a theological argument with God. That, that, you know that that's just human wisdom trying to just run in this circles, really. You know? So the question is, was Jesus resurrected? Yes. Okay, done. That's it. You know, that's that's really what it is. So we don't have to spend a, a lot of time analyzing that. And that that really is the crux of of uh what Peter is saying is that Jesus was resurrected, and because of the resurrection and the ascension, everything has changed now. The Holy Spirit has come, and that's what's going on now. And so they, but but they were disturbed by Peter's teaching, and so they said, "Well, it's just okay. It's late in the day." So verse three, they laid hands on him, on them, and put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now evening. So they don't have time to deal with this today. So let's just, you know, let's just keep them. It, it was like a, they, had, they had like a, a holding place near the temple. It wasn't like a Roman jail. They had a holding place near the temple. Uh, and uh, so they put them there. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day, the rulers, elders, elders, and scribes. So now, by the time the next day comes around, they've had time to organize themselves. Alright? In other words, the man was healed. Thousands of people are there hearing the word. Okay, the scribes, the scribes, the Sadducees, I mean, the priests and the Sadducees and everybody there, they're saying, they don't know how to deal with this in that moment, so they just put him in the temple hold, holding area, and then they go and they sort of have a, a, It's like the, uh, you know, it's like calling a special session overnight, you know, of the Senate. What are we gonna do? Okay? What do you mean what are we gonna do? What are you talking? Well, these guys came and thousands of people now believe in this guy Jesus that uh, a few months ago, you know, we thought we were done with this guy Jesus and now here, here we're hearing about him again that he's resurrected somehow. What are we supposed to do with this? And so they all get together and so by the morning they're organized. Okay? they organized together and they say okay here's what we're going to do we're going to get all everybody together and we're going to we're just going to you know put it to them right we're we're going to come with a show of force so they get the rulers and the elders and the scribes right that's that's just everybody it's like getting the supreme court right it's like getting the supreme court and donald trump and, and, uh, the, all the military chiefs, chief officers together in one room and, and, you know, uh, putting Sean Fouch in there <laughs> saying, what are you doing? You know, trying to intimidate him, right? All, all the major leadership just coming together and, and just coming at Peter saying, and then they say, you know, oh, oh it, oh, it gives more names. Okay, sorry, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Okay, Inos the high priest, Caiaphas, and John—these are these are names, right? Name dropping. All, all the everybody who had power in, in the temple that day. And Alexander uh, probably was Alexander Lysimachus, one of the richest Jews of his time, who contributed very generously to the temple. So you got. You got the wealthy guy, you know, who sort of he has power and influence because he's got money, you know. And as many as were of the kindred of the high priest. So you got the high priest, um, you got uh now Anas or Anas or Anas? Anas Anas was so he was the high priest until I think it was fifteen uh A D. But then he was removed but still considered as a person of authority in the Jewish community. And then the Romans would set up puppet high priests. Okay, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, okay, pretty much, which was Caiaphas and all the other guys. Um, Okay, so basically you have anybody who has any influence in government, in society, in religion there, facing Peter and John. That's the scene. Okay, kind of like Hollywood the famous guys, yeah, all the famous guys, all the rich guys, all the political guys, you know, all there standing together, and they they pull them in, you know, and they're just going to try to intimidate them, right? And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power and by what name have you done this, okay? So the the question, the it's interesting here because now, they don't deny the miracle. Okay? They don't deny the miracle. They, they, they say, okay, you, you've done something. And, 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 but they want to know, they're curious to know what, what it is behind the miracle that has, that has brought it to pass. Because if they can understand what is behind the miracle... Then they can begin to try to undermine it, but they don't really understand how it even happened at this point. So they're confused and they they're asking for information because if they can if they can get the correct information, then they can begin to undercut it. They can figure out a way to to sort of remove the power that they that they're claiming so that they can remain in power and that the masses would not you know, begin to look to these guys for spiritual authority. I, that, that's really what I see there, okay? Um, so, it's they're not asking so that they can have some sort of take part in it. In other words, the miracle, now, anytime a miracle takes place like that, then it's going to require a response from those who see it. Okay. So let me say that again. Anytime a miracle like that happens, it's going to require a response from those that see it happen. In other words, okay, what's one response? Denial. Okay? Denial. Rationalizing it away. Oh man, we just that's that's our favorite one here in the West, right? We just rationalize it away. It was an emotional thing, uh, you know, it was a trick of the eyes, that kind of stuff. Oh no, you know, it, it was planned, right? It, it, it was, it was manufactured, okay? We don't trust anything supernatural. It's all, it's all made up. It's all, it's all just manufactured. We rationalize it away. That's one response. Or, 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 or it could be, well, it's, it's not of God. It's, 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 it happened but it, it it didn't happen because God did it it's got to be some sort of evil power that's trying to trick us this can't be of God man that that was what that was actually the accusation that Jesus got is that he was casting out devils by the power of the devil okay so that's that's one of the responses to a miracle there um you know but and then so essentially though it falls into two categories unbelief, which can come in various forms, a couple I mentioned there, unbelief, and faith. Accepting it. Receiving it. Not not to say that you fully understand in that moment everything that happened with the miracle. Okay? But it requires a response. Are you are we going to say, Praise God and believe? Or are we going to resist the idea that a miracle just took place in our midst? So, um, so that is sort of what the rip, we're in, sort of zoomed out from the, the event now, right? So it starts in chapter 3, zoomed in with a the man. Then it zooms out a little bit to the community. Now we zoom out to another level of the leadership. And so we're getting their response. And so Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them now this was prophesied by jesus many times all right um he said in let's just do one of them matthew chapter 10 uh, i think it's verse 22 if i'm not mistaken um well let's start with verse 18 and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the gentiles And when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of your Father which speaks in you. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee you into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man becomes. So, um, so Jesus prophesied that Peter would be standing right here in this moment. And he prophesied, seeing, seeing beyond Pentecost, that Peter would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, that when Jesus spoke these words to Peter in, in Matthew chapter ten, he knew that if Matthew, if Peter was, was taken in front of in front of these guys in that moment, he wouldn't have it. But he knew he knew that when Acts chapter four would come, that Peter would be filled with the Holy Spirit and he would be able to endure and stand up. So Peter, a simple young, a simple not young, but a simple man who was uneducated was standing in front of the smartest, the richest, and most powerful people in all the land in his community. And he says, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So he recognizes, I know who you guys are. Yeah,
1: I know exactly
0: who you are. I know who I'm talking to. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the infinite man, by what means he was made whole? So, okay, if this is really what we're going to, Are we really doing this? <laughs> okay. We'll do it. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified... Whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. And before we get to verse 11, let me let me say that Peter's answer follows the formula here that um, uh, we've seen and uh, my friend Betty pointed out last week that it's you know you killed Jesus, God raised him from the dead, and now the Holy Spirit's here. That's pretty much the sermon, right? You guys killed Jesus. God raised him from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and we have the Holy Spirit repent and believe. Right? <laughs> That's pretty much. And and so the he then he explains this a little more. So he gives the context of Jesus. And of course, all of them knew of Jesus. Probably were there upon the call for his crucifixion. Okay? So so the, what Peter is saying it happened recently would be in the forefront of their minds, and to them, they probably thought that they were done with the Jesus thing, right? They they've moved on really because they they had seen these sort of either a false Messiah or uh, you know a rebel rise up with uh, you know a group, and so they seen them come and go, and they thought Jesus was just one of those guys, and they were done with him, right? They they you know he was he was maybe a little more difficult to get rid of than the others, but you know finally they did, okay they thought they won right they thought they won and so so then Peter gives them an explanation and says, "See, you guys don't understand that Jesus is different from all the other ones and so he he gives them some some background out of the Old Testament so that they can have." a point of reference to understand why Peter is saying that Jesus is different and that they need to respond to Jesus in a different way than the other ones. And so many times, Jesus can get watered down in people's minds and people begin to think that Jesus is just one of many options out there that you could respond to. But see, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So Jesus says, I mean, Peter says plainly, Jesus is not just one of the others. I'm telling you, all you guys right now, all you leaders, all you elders, I'm telling you right now, Peter is in this sort of second layer of the big ripple, speaking to the leadership and telling them outright, Jesus is not who you think He was. He was the prophesied One who was the chief cornerstone. All of them would have known that Scripture text. And so Peter is giving them an opportunity to, to respond to Jesus based on their point of reference with the Old Testament that, to receive Him as this chief cornerstone. It's actually a mercy of Peter that he does this trying to help them to put Jesus in a different point of reference with the backdrop of the Old Testament, giving them an opportunity to respond to Jesus as the chief cornerstone, to say, oh, okay, this is the one that was prophesied. Okay, So now they have some information that maybe they would respond to it. I've got to believe that some of them eventually did. I mean, Paul did in the end, right? Paul may have been there. Paul may have been standing in, standing among among these guys. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, in other all, in other words, you know, it's it's kind of strange to think with such a dominant personality as uh, President Trump that he would be shocked at somebody else's boldness, <laughs> right? <laughs> but see, they were shocked. These these were the 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 smartest and brightest minds and and had all the money, and they were shocked. They saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. In other words, you know, uh, so there's two things going on here that I see. And I learned this one from my friend Betty as well, that Peter points out that Jesus was from Nazareth. By the way, go on our podcast and find uh, Betty's uh, Betty McKinney's series in the footsteps of Jesus. It follows geographically the places that Jesus was, his birth, Nazareth, where he's from. Then we're, we're going to do other uh, locations, the ministry of Jesus. And so in the Nazareth one, Betty teaches us about how Nazareth was the little shoot where nobody was important if you came from there. It's just a few hundred people living there. And and you know nothing good came from Nazareth, right? Nathaniel says that was the mindset. It, Nazareth was a nowhere place. It's a nowhere town. It was out in the boonies. Like you know who comes from there? Nobody out of Nazareth is of any consequence, uh, is nationally. I mean, really, okay. But Peter, Peter states he chooses Nazareth, right? To say Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the Son of God, you know, or anything like that. He says Jesus of Nazareth. In other, in other words, just the man that you thought was nothing, and me who am nothing, <laughs> right? And this this lame man who was nothing to you, just a beggar for 40 years, just a, a, a part of the furniture, really, right? And so all of this nothingness, all of this that is of zero consequence to you guys, is actually a powerful consequence and significance in the kingdom of God, and the ripple effect of that is unstoppable. And so, so they they see and they're marvelled because they're saying, okay, this, ah, uh, yo, how how are we supposed to deal with these guys? Because We're not getting what we thought we were getting. We thought we were going to be talking to simple fishermen. We were going to cow them with our power and authority, and now we don't really know. We weren't expecting uh, this type of response. So, now that is, and we could do a whole Bible study on how Jesus transforms you by the power of the Holy Spirit and takes us from nothing to something, not because we're so good or awesome, but because God just works in us, creates in us a new person who was bold not because uh, you know we're so great, but because we we come to a place where we don't fear people anymore, and we fear God, and we could be who we are, and we could be used by God. So that's Peter. We can do a whole Bible study on that. Many people have, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So uh, so they say, okay, we're in trouble now. We remember Jesus, and that guy was smart. We 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 got into some. We got into some theological tangles with him, and we lost every time. And we're about to lose again if we're not careful. So what do they do? Beholding the, the man which was healed standing, they could say nothing against it. Right? So they couldn't deny it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Right? And I'm, I'm going I'm to go up to verse 22 and, and uh, to just advance it along here, uh, saying... What shall we do with these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, More than unto God judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, (laughs) they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. So in the end, the miracle could not be denied. The threats came to nothing because of the boldness of Peter and John as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the masses began to be changed, but the leadership resisted. Okay, There's a lot of resistance in the leadership to the gospel of Jesus Christ today. A lot of resistance in, in the leadership of our nation, of other nations too. It's not just ours. I mean, uh, all across the world, governments... Are afraid that when people turn to Jesus that their power will be undermined. They don't understand that actually having a lot of Christians in their country would benefit them. <laughs> they, they think the opposite, and they're wrong. Christians committed to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit benefit. Now, now uh, see, because what they want to do is, is, well, the agendas are opposite. They don't understand they will be blessed. Because they think that that uh, they think it's it's blessed for uh, pro-choice is a blessed thing. They think evil is good. They don't understand that it's good to have Christians who believe in the sanctity of life. I'll say that online on the internet. I'll say that to anybody, no matter what. Okay, there, there are unique circumstances where you uh, remove uh, a baby for the life of the mother. In other situations, but to say that millions and millions of babies should be aborted late term uh, because of choice, no. That's not going to bless your nation. I didn't mean to go there, but I said it. So anyway, the question though is that we are the next ripple, okay? All of us are the next ripple. So you've got you've got the man, you zoomed in, okay, to the man that's healed. And that is the rock that falls in the middle of a still, quiet pond. And it just goes out from there to the masses in, at, around the temple who are there to worship. The next ripple is the leadership. And now we continue to be that ripple. We're another, we're another ripple in this miracle, to say, how are we going to respond? Are we going to look at the Word and believe in the testimony of Luke that a man was healed at the gate beautiful as Peter took him with his right hand and lifted him up? Are we going to respond in faith and move towards Jesus as the chief quarterstone? Or are we going to rationalize away? Are we going to second guess? You know, some people get afraid that if they get too carried away with faith then they're going to see they're going to see a miracle where there's not a miracle but let's say let's say in my lifetime I believe in a hundred miracles by faith I just believe I see something I believe that was a miracle that was God that was God let's say let's say 50 out of a hundred I was wrong it wasn't actually the hand of God that did it well I got fifty right, <laughs> so it's okay to just to just believe. You know, just believe the hand of God is moving. Believe, give God the credit for everything. <laughs> what's the, what's the harm in that? Just give God the credit for everything. No question. second guess. Just be the ripple. Be the ripple. Say, God, I'm your ripple today. I just believe it. God, I, I just believe it was you. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I believe it. Amen. Believe for yourself today that God can do a miracle. God is still working all over. We just heard our friend our our dear co worker Frankie has a granddaughter who is struggling to, to read with dyslexia, and she was in church the other day reading the words of the song. And she was surprised. She didn't know that she was doing it. And then her mommy her mom said Do you know you're reading those words? Oh, my goodness. God is doing miracles today. Believe it. Be the ripple. Amen. We'll see you uh, tomorrow morning for Pastor Rick Bonfim to continue the book of Acts. Have a great day. Amen. Edu do meu bebê, será ó, frio em mim, brilha a luz que